I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The Self-Helpful Podcast is brought to you by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for joining me as I talk with today's most important influencers, guides, and change makers to uncover what truly drives them and extract the big idea, the big takeaway from their personal journeys and their greatest wisdom. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and this is Self Helpful. This is our peak wellness show where we give specific focus to our health and wellness, the vehicle that drives all we do. In this episode, we're talking about trauma, which is at the core, a distressing or disturbing experience. I mean, the reality is our past traumas, especially in our early upbringing, latch on and often negatively affect our health long-term. Tana Amen is with us, and she's a New York Times bestselling author, a neurosurgical ICU trauma nurse, a world-renowned health and fitness expert, and she and her husband, Daniel Amen, run the revolutionary Amen Clinics. You can connect with Tana at Tana, T-A-N-A, amen.com. Well, we brought Tana on because she had just significant trauma from birth into young adulthood. Significant trauma. You're about to hear about it. And we talk about her personal experience in mitigating the negative effects to her health that trauma had. Combined with hers and Daniel's studies and research and testing on the brain's ability to change and grow, that is our focus, is the positive aspect of this, the possibility. Trauma is just a primary culprit in our fight for wellness that generally goes untended to. So we're going to tend to it today right here. Tana, a few years ago, a couple years ago, we did our telomere tests uh, through telomere years, I think. And we did it with ourselves, with some of the staff here in the office. And the results were 
really disappointing on looking at some of them, <laughs> on, especially some of them that were so low, uh, to the point to where we actually got on the phone with the with the the lead folks there and with their chief chief medical doctor, and said, "How on earth can there be such discrepancies? And how can we look at somebody who we would think would have an awesome score and have it be so low?" And they admitted that you know it's not a perfect science yet, and they're yeah. still learning about it. But one of the things that they brought up as a primary what causation of a bad telomere uh, health was an ACE score, you know, mm -hmm. adverse childhood uh, effects. Uh, really? Well, and it, that's what really got us on this tangent of, you know, how do you, can you, can you overcome it? What do you do? And I did not realize it, you know, especially me as a layman's uh, guy over here of how impacting that really was not just from a psychology, you know, psychological standpoint, but our literal health. So here we are in America with chronic illness and disease going through the roof, as you know, wondering how does trauma affect that? And you're the brain warrior and what better person to have on and talk about this. And you said you've just been looking into a score specifically. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. So thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, I just wrote my book, the relentless courage of a scared child. And I'd been sort of nudged by my husband who Dr. Daniel Amen, who is um, a psychiatrist. And when we were dating and I told him, I was telling him bits and pieces of my story and when a psychiatrist is quiet, that's a bad sign. <laughs> he, just sort of, he would just look at me and, and I'm like, what? And, you know, and I would tell him these stories and, and I remember telling him, you know, about the time that my uncle was murdered when I was four and it was in a drug deal gone wrong um, because of my other uncle who lived with us, who was a heroin addict and um, who overdosed shortly after that, tried to commit suicide. And I was telling him these stories and this was in my life was normal. This was the norm in my life at the time. And my mother was never there. She worked three jobs. She was a 16 year old runaway um, and lived on the streets for a while. And so I'm telling him these stories and he's like, really? And so about two weeks after my uncle was murdered, um, that's a day I'll just never forget. It was a really scary day. I was terrified. I remember the screaming and being pushed away. Now, now as an adult, I realized they were pushing me away, trying to sort of save me, you know, protect me from what was going on. Um, but I just remember being terrified and hiding and, and thinking that hiding was safer. Um, always looking for that tiger around the corner because something bad always happened in my house. But two weeks later, I was in the hospital having upper and lower GIs. So gastrointestinal studies. Um, I was always sick. I was that kid who was always in the hospital, um, had high fevers that were unexplained. No one knew why. And just didn't know. Constantly on antibiotics. I've had 10 medical surgeries to date. I've had cancer three times. Um, so always had things going on and nobody really understood the reason why. So I went on this journey to sort of figure it out for myself. And, you know, I remember telling my husband about some of this stuff and he goes, wow. He's like, you know, so those that's obviously connected. And I'm like, no, it's not. This is way back. And before I went on this journey, I'm like, of course it's not connected. I'm like, don't give me a bunch of psychobabble <laughs> because it was my protective reflex was to think, no, they're not connected. I didn't have it that bad. I was trying to like think that my childhood wasn't that bad. And I'm like, this was not all in my head. You know, it's, don't, don't tell me this was all in my head, but, but he's like, why would you think that's not connected? You know, trauma affects how so many things. And that's what got me thinking and going on this journey of, of understanding what trauma does to us, especially at such a young age and new studies. And please correct me if I'm wrong, but these studies that I've been, been looking at when children go through childhood trauma, it's a little like, soldiers that come home from war. That's what it's doing. Now imagine doing that over and over and over to a developing brain. Yeah. 
When you, when you look at, uh, so you're talking about PTSD and I know, uh, mm -hmm. you've talked, you, you talk a lot about PTSD as opposed to P, uh, post-traumatic growth right. in that. And you say in that, that you, uh, you know, as a kid, you didn't, it was your norm. You didn't see it as that bad. I would tend to think, well, isn't that better than thinking it was so bad? Is there a benefit? I think, it's, I, I think that the benefit is, um, I don't know that I had a choice. <laughs> so, so to survive, you sort of have to do that, but it still takes a toll on your body. And I don't know that we realize that because we're in it. So even my nieces now, my nieces, we adopted our nieces right before quarantine, because um, the sad thing is, is when we're talking about ACE scores, you know, we, we're talking about ACE scores right now and the effect that it has um, these things, you know, I, I always think about the Bible when I'm talking about this and, you know, we talk about, you know, to the fourth generation that, are you know, the sins of the father to yeah. the fourth generation. Um, well, what's really fascinating to me is that when, when we do this, when, when, when we come from traumatic backgrounds, what the research I've done is, um, yes, it affects our telomeres. We're talking about telomeres and aging and all these things that happen, how it affects, how trauma affects us and our health. It actually puts you at risk for seven of the 10 most um, common um, causes of death. So put you at risk for the seven of the 10 most causes of death and significantly, like it increases your risk significantly when you grow up in trauma. So, but what's really interesting is that it doesn't just put you at risk if you grew up in it. What happens is it damages your DNA and you pass that on to your children. And that's what really got my attention because I don't want to do that to my daughter. But, but what's really exciting for me is that if you learn how to, um, if you learn, well, they don't really talk about resilience. If you learn about what to do to counteract some of that stress, that's what's exciting to me. Because I can't change the fact that I grew up in this nonsense and this craziness. I can't change that. But what I can do is do everything in my power now, right? And I can, even if the damage, some of the damage has been done to me, I can hopefully affect the next generation. We adopted our nieces right before quarantine because my sister, my half sister is still sadly, the disease sometimes wins. Um, you know, they were put into foster care. Both of her parents are addicts. Um, it's a mess. You know, a lot of people in my family still have a lot of challenges, but we get to change the next generation by helping them now. That, that speaks to us so much. We use the word resiliency a lot. And the fact is that we all have had trauma. Nobody escapes from childhood unscathed. Right. And your story is an example of the extreme. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> we use the extreme all the time, whether we talk about, you know, what are the consequences of the extreme toxin exposure, or mm -hmm. here's somebody who smokes or something like that when it comes to the physiology. Your story is somebody or somebody who is in war or something like that. These are the extremes. And we, we say, okay, yes, PTSD and, and these things are real. It shortens telomeres. It does damage to DNA that is now measurable. And it, just like we all also say, nobody can eat perfectly. We, we've all had toxins come into ourselves. But the exciting thing is wherever you are on that spectrum, you have some, not all, but some control over the future. You can change the way your telomeres are healing, the way your DNA is healing and affect. That's right. So the sins of the fathers could affect negatively to the fourth generation, but also the righteousness of the fathers can also affect positively yeah. to the next generation. 
And that's the hope. But, but you guys as, so, you know, Tana, you and Daniel and in your clinic and obviously Randy, you know, you and yours, I mean, you're seeing patients and you talked about this, that there was a point where even Daniel was saying, come on, don't, they, those don't, those don't correlate. And then you went on that journey to find that they do. I mean, have you always, you know, with patients as you have the next one coming in with whatever chronic illness and disease they've had going on for the past decade or all their lives. And you're looking at, you know, their lifestyle and how they eat and the deficiencies and doing a blood test. Blood test doesn't show oh, they were beaten as a kid or, or whatever it may right. be, whatever the trauma is. I mean, was there a point where you realized the effect that you asked that question? Hey, yeah. tell me about. And, and I'm sure I'm sure Dr. Amen will as well in, in the, the, the questionnaire. And so the way I phrase it to people is, look, <clears throat> we're all on the spectrum of everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I, I would not say that I was a childhood abuse survivor, but nor was my parents, were my parents perfect. Mm -hmm. So to what degree, and, and then as I'm at, and we ask every patient in your childhood, was there abuse? Mm -hmm. And if there's a, any hitch and in a momentary wait, I'm like, all right, you don't have to tell me all the details, but, but let's put it on the table. And, and I'll ask the same thing about marriage. So in every marriage is conflict. Right. right. It, but it, it could go all the way to abuse. But normally people, if, if the abuse is there, there'll be a hitch. And you then you say, OK, doesn't it make sense to think like you just said that seven out of the 10 top reasons why people die? Your ACEs score is going to have a dramatic effect on your blood pressure, cholesterol, Alzheimer's, yeah. all of these things. The addiction, like all sorts of things. But I mean, you're in the medical community. I, I don't I mean, I've been in it as long as I've been working with you. So the past six years and we've been I mean, reading, you know, Hyman and Mercola and and all the stuff. I still didn't see that as a front runner. And for you to make that statement makes it feel like, oh my gosh, why isn't this? Why don't we always talk about it all the time? Yeah, I didn't either until I started really digging into it and, and, and then looking at my own health. Like I said, I've had 10 medical surgeries, weird things. And I'm like, why is this happening? I'm so healthy. I eat healthy. I exercise. I do all these things. This doesn't make sense. And so that's when I started digging into it. And I'm like, some of the damage is done. Now I feel like I, I, I'm in my fifties and I'm healthier than I was in my twenties. So I do feel like you do, you can, you can at least do damage control. I do feel like you can do some damage control, but what I'm like excited about is like what I've done with my daughter. So the effect I've had on my daughter. So I, my husband and I did a fun thing. Well, fun for us, <laughs> maybe not for everybody because we're weird and we're in the medical community. Um, I actually took the ACE test and I took it myself. Now, one thing I don't like about it, like about this test is it's very subjective and I like things that are very concrete. I'm a neurosurgical ICU, hard charging trauma nurse. I like things that are very concrete. And when you read it, it's a little bit subjective, right? So you can answer it if you're one of those people who thinks of your childhood as very traumatic, you're going to answer it in, a, in one way. If you think of it and you don't want to think of it as traumatic, you're going to answer it very differently, right? So so I'm reading this and I'm like, yeah, you could answer that one of two ways. And I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like put the numbers down. Yeah. I'm trying to get them lower. So as I'm trying to answer these, you know, lower, I ended up with a seven out of 10. And I'm like, I don't really like that. Like, because it could have been lower if I, if I, depending on how you read it, you know, and I'm like, or I'm if trying I had to like a better fudge. attitude or yeah, if, I'm trying if to like... fudge the numbers. And so, so I told my husband, I wanted to take it with me. And he's like, no, no, you're it, like, when he takes it for me with me there, it's an eight, it's a solid eight. And I'm like, I still don't like it because it's subjective. So I cut it in half just because I wanted to, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to cut this in half because I don't like the way this is. You want to get a good grade. I'm very, very competitive. <laughs> so I make it a four. Well, guess what? If you have a four, that's what puts you at risk for seven of the 10. 
Hmm. And that's when I went, oh, wow, I need to pay attention to this. I cut it in half and I still got it. I got a four and I still failed. And so I took it for my daughter and she got a one. And that's when I realized, okay, I'm doing something. I'm doing something right because she's she's had a completely different life than what I had. And so that's what excited me is we can make a difference. We can make a difference. You already have. How, How old is your daughter now? She's 17. She's getting ready to go to TCU. Um, she's going to college. She's got a 4.2. She is just, you know, she's one of those kids that you just look at and you're like, wow, how did she makes you so proud? Okay. Well, let me, let me ask maybe an elementary question though. But when you talk about, now you said it from a, a biblical reference, the sins of the fathers, you said the righteousness of the fathers. Let's just say genetics for those who, who may not be of, of that faith that genetically. So in your trauma, cause what you by what you said, in essence, by, because of the trauma and the damage that it did to your DNA, your daughter has that. She has, yeah, she has the vulnerability. She has the- but I think that just because we see when I think of genetics, just because the gun is loaded doesn't mean we have to pull the trigger. Our lifestyle is what pulls the trigger. And that's functional medicine in a nutshell. Just because right. we have the vulnerability, I am loaded for, I mean, it's ridiculous. So when I was living a different lifestyle, you, you saw that coming out constantly. When I was a child eating frosted, fr- frosted flakes, fruit loops, constantly in fight or flight, you know, no one was there. I was terrified. Terrified, you know, I was molested as a child. All these things were happening. You saw that in my life. But now I'm living a different lifestyle. I'm in my 50s and I'm healthier than I've ever been. So genetics load the gun. Our lifestyle pulls the trigger. Okay. I mean, largely. No, absolutely. And, and I, we love that that statement. I mean, we had uh, Dr. Bredesen on uh, not long ago. Oh, we love him. <laughs> and he and he talked you know talked about the same thing. Of course, Randy talks about it a lot uh, as a doc and in the practice. So, okay, but let's say that you had two kids, your daughter. You had twins. Okay, they both have that, as you said, this DNA uh, degenerate you know, degeneration to to something from your trauma. Now the lifestyle, as you said, the lifestyle that you have given your daughter has brought her to that, you know, to a, a one. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital. And Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash Kevin. 
I live high up in the Rocky Mountains where the air is clean and fresh as possible, but then I step indoors and I'm breathing in untold amounts of toxins and allergens from paint and carpet and cleaning chemicals and pets and furniture and appliances and mold and so on. Studies show the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air anywhere you are. And in some places, it's a hundred times worse than that. Well, the solution is to get an air purifier and air doctor is just the best out there. It filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen and pet dander and dust mites and mold and even bacteria and viruses so your lungs don't have to try to do that. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com. You can use the promo code Kevin. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get the special deal, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin. Friends, I'm pretty candid about my lack of financial prowess. Money and numbers are fairly Greek to me, so I need a lot of guidance. One of my closest friends is a wildly successful wealth manager, and I'm working on some financial literacy and just continually seeking guidance. So I ask you to check out yahoofinance.com. Nobody knows it all on Yahoo Finance is a, an incredible resource for the rookies like me or the seasoned investors. You know, before my dad passed away recently, Dave Ramsey and his wife, Sharon, flew down to visit. We all got to spend a day together. And I was at yahoofinance.com just now. I saw multiple news flashes from Dave and other people that you respect. And they're hitting so many of the hottest areas in finance today. So it's a place to get a snapshot of all aspects of your financial interests. And if you have them, your portfolios. I hadn't realized Yahoo Finance is the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. So for your comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. One more time. YahooFinance.com. If she had trauma, though, if trauma were to enter her life, she would. We would say she has a predisposition yeah. to be so. As tra so, trauma being the trigger, we were talking about that just at lunch. So we talk about lifestyle uh, pulls the trigger. Is trauma one of the primary triggers? for Absolutely. that prior damage, because even though you have given her a, is it fair to say a, gosh, I don't know how to say it, a lifestyle and therefore a psychology that's a one, she could still have damage to her telomere. She could have a terrible telomere score. She could, but we've also educated her that it's pretty hard to get through life with no trauma. Right. And therefore these are the tools. These are the tools. It's pretty hard to get through life unscathed. COVID was trauma for their, her generation. She was devastated. She, that was the first time I saw my daughter go into a deep depression. She just gotten her driver's license. She now it's, you know, it's easy to say, oh, well, you know, our, that generation is spoiled. Maybe they are, but it was still hard for them. You can't gauge it for people. So she had just gotten her driver's license. She had just gotten her first job and she was starting her senior year. And that was devastating for her. She went into this deep depression 
And she was like, well, this was all taken from me. I, she's like, I feel like I'm put on restriction and I didn't do anything wrong. I've been a good kid. And she went in, she's very social. So she went into this very deep depression. And so we had to work with her through that. And we're like, you're not going to get through life. Life is going to throw you curveballs. You've got to have some tools to work through it. Okay. So that's the key, I think, is really working with people and giving them these preemptive tools and teaching them how to manage their life. Yeah, I, I was going to say that we want them to have reserve, which is resiliency. Yeah. Right. They can bend in the wind. And even though she was born with a predisposition, the environment that you purposefully, conscientiously and preventatively, if we said it that way, brought her up in giving her those skills and those coping skills are a part of what is she's not going to get through the rest of her life unscathed either. And, nope. and we don't teach kids that like, like there we teach to the trauma. You have to be ready yeah. for it, obviously prevent it. But when it's there, you want to be resilient enough to bend in the wind and, and her genetics, her DNA, I also believe is then when she passes that along it, that next generation down has less of the predisposition. Yeah. And so we live in a thing, culture where it's going the other way. Our genetics are unraveling, so to speak. Yes. We're weaker. We have more and more uh, traumas and more and more perception of trauma. People don't have the coping skills. They feel the trauma as worse. And, and I think that is part of the shortening of the telomeres and the weakening of our, of our genetic resiliency, so to speak. And now, but we as adults have the option like you to shift, to change to decide to live life a different way. Well, I love what you're saying. And it just popped in my head because we focus a lot on the trauma. And I certainly did for a while. I focused a lot on the yeah. trauma um, because I was living it and it was just hard not to, to focus on it. But we can also focus on the other part. There's a lot of things about my family that I, I disconnected from them. I did not want to be like them to survive and to get out of it. I disconnected. But there's a lot of things once I went through the healing process that I realized there's a lot of things about them that I do like. Like my mother's grit. My mother is, she's intense. She survived. She actually now is retired a wealthy woman. No one would have counted on that. Um, she's, she's got a ton of grit. So I inherited that too. My daughter inherited that. So if we focus on the things that, that we want to, there are the positive parts, there's those as well. And that's the part, that's the resilience. So that got passed on as well. And, and I, I always tell my daughter, I'm like, you know, stop praying for life to be easy and start working on the skills. Pray for the skill to get through it. Mm -hmm. Pray for the strength to get through it. Life is not going to just be easy for you. And it shouldn't be. Like, that's one of the reasons I practice martial arts and not dance. Mm -hmm. Because I love the metaphor. You know, they teach you how to fall and get up fast. You don't lose unless you don't get up. You know, there's, Tan, if you're not aware of it, there's a guy, an, an artist, music artist that I really like, Andy Grammer. Uh, guy we got to meet a few years ago and he has a song out that my wife is really attached to or such. She really appreciate. And it's called, I wish you pain. And it was a, it was a yeah. song to his new little daughter hmm. and at face value, it's a difficult song to listen to. I think, especially if you're someone like my wife who also experienced trauma uh, in her childhood. But yeah, when we look at our kids, especially I want them to be safe, you know, have a safe trip, be, you know, be comfortable and be okay. And yet we know that that doesn't build, build strength in them doesn't build resiliency, but 
my gosh, on the other side, we have, you know, the trauma that wrecks people. I mean, you talk about, and I remember that in our first discussion together on the Ziegler show, that in your book, you don't spend much of any time expressing negativity towards your mother who allowed you to be exposed to a lot of trauma. Yeah. I, and my thought was that's, that's, that's gotta be a bid in your favor of health to have a better perspective. And yet over here though, I mean, from a, a health and wellness, the next patient that walks in the door, what I hear you guys saying is they need to be really aware of their a score of their trauma as it is going to cause a predisposition, no different than I've got a, an adopted daughter who comes from a Native American uh, background and her predisposition for diabetes, her, her, right. her issues is high. Us being able to know that allows us to cater to that significantly and being unaware would, I think, cause a lot of problems. So, you know, we're talking about putting a good perspective on it, writing a better story about it, but also being aware. I mean, that's a tension that people are going to have to hold it's not always so easy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's a great point. And, you know, my mother, she was, she was challenging when I was young, but she's also got so many great qualities. And, and it's, you know, when you do start going through the healing process, there was, there were moments where I did some EMDR therapy, which is a type of therapy specific to trauma. And as I did that therapy, all of a sudden things became a little more clear. And I was like, yeah, things weren't great in my childhood. You have this full yeah. circle, you know, these full circle moments where it was the first time I sort of became frustrated or angry at her. And then, but then I came full circle and I realized, you know, her life was much harder than mine. Hmm. And so she went through way more than I did. She was a 16 year old runaway. So considering where she came from, she actually did okay. <laughs> so, Well, when you, and when you talk about, Tanya, you mentioned, helping people with tools to deal with it. So if you know that you have significant trauma, well, like you said, okay, understanding that we all have trauma and how we perceive that is as important as anything, but especially to those who have had significant trauma over here. Now, of course, you know, as we would do on all the shows, you know, so what can you do? Everything, address everything in your life and the more health and wellness overall is going to help that foundationally. But when you talk about this specific issue, and if somebody were to ask me, I don't know, what are the tools? What are the primary tools that you're going to look at somebody like yourself who has significant trauma that they're going to need to utilize more so than somebody like Kevin, who didn't have any real acute traumas in his life? Mm -hmm. Is that a fair question? Um, yeah, I, you know, I just, um, I mean, what is somebody, I mean, obviously somebody got diabetes. We're going to look at their diet specifically, but yes. you got trauma. So think, what am I going to do? What but am I, I think here's the thing. I think, so I love, I, I listened to one doctor talk about this and she said, if I have, she, this is what I love how she said it. I was trying to think of how to say this. She said, if I have a hundred patients that come to me and they're drinking out of the same well, I can either give all hundred of them the same antibiotic, or I can go to the well and look at what's wrong with the water Right. Okay. and treat Perfect. the water. So, so I think, you know, it's, yes, you want to, you, you have to put the bandaid over the, the, you know, the wound, but if you don't treat what's, what's causing the wound, it's just going to keep happening. So I think it's really important. This is what I love about functional medicine is you do a full assessment. You're not putting band-aids over bullet holes. You're trying to get to the root cause. So yes, if someone's got diabetes, you have to treat the diabetes, but you also need to do a full assessment and figure out why what's happening. 
Like what did they go through? It's got to be a complete assessment. That's why at our clinics, we treat people according to four circles, biological, what's going on with your brain, your body, your hormones, your thyroid, everything, Um, your HPA axis, which that's going to get a little tricky if we start getting into that now, but that's what turns on your flight or fight response. And if that happens early in life and it gets stuck on, that's really damaging right? For the rest of your life to your body, it's very damaging and it causes you to age and it causes lots of diseases. So we look at all that. That's your biological. There's your psychological. What are your thoughts? What do you think about what happened to you? And and how are you managing your thoughts? Your thoughts lie. They lie a lot. And even if they're not lying, how are you managing them? Your social circle, because who you hang out with matters. If you're, if you are traumatized, you know, you're more at risk for substance abuse. And if you're trying to get clean and you're hanging out in a bar, you know, that's not going to help you. So who, like, if you're going to church, that's why this was devastating to us during COVID because a lot of people who had their support system through church lost that very hard, or they lost their AA meetings or whatever it was that was their support system. Very difficult. But then there's also your, your spiritual circle, people who have spiritual support, and have a believe in something that's beyond themselves, they live 11 years longer. And, and it's, so all of those are important, but yet when you go to the doctor, typically they treat the they treat the wound and they give you a medicine and they put a bandaid over a bullet hole and they're not looking at all of that. And that's why functional medicine is so important. I couldn't say it any better myself that that's obviously what we talk about every day and um, down the it's it's a big missing piece for so many people and and how often when you ask those probing questions and say okay upstream or you know what's the cause of this problem by definition for everybody we're all on the spectrum of everything everybody's had some degree of a little bit of trauma or perceived trauma in their past and so let's go there Let's be open and honest and gracious and gentle and with no stigma to people and teach them. And so that's kind of where where I think the people that, that are listening right now, everybody has to hear and understand, oh, that's me. Right. Now, it's not, you know, molestation, abuse in everybody's case, but it nobody gets through unscathed. So it is you. So so then what's the response? And the response for most people is, I don't want to think about this. In fact, I think I'll have a donut or I think I'll just keep right on working and I'll be addicted to my work or to my other hobbies or something like that. And another day goes by and what you and I have learned in the, down the functional medicine and the neuroplastic pathway that just like you can heal, but the more you stay in that unaware, unconscious, if it's fight or flight stuck on all the time, or if it's depressed and hide in a hole all the time, you, as you do that every day, you're more likely to do that the next day. Yes. And so our encouragement, I think, is as people hear this through our lens, what we're always talking about is you have trauma. We all do. What is your response to it? And I think that first response today is awareness, is acknowledge this, be open to it, assess yourself. What, what, how do I perceive it? And, and then if it is there, especially if it's been significant, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And we get criticized for treating people this way, which is so weird because we don't, (laughs) because we're, we, we don't want to just 
give people pills. We want to teach them skills. We want to understand why it's happening. We want to teach you, you know, about nutrition and lifestyle. And that's why we have so many functional medicine doctors that work for us. We want to know what's happening with your hormones. Did you have Lyme disease? Is that why you're getting sick? It's, it's so many things. It's, but trauma is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. If you've had it, if you've had trauma, then we want to understand that. And we want to be able to talk about it and get through that rather than just medicating it. She just gave the book title skills, not pills, <laughs> a chain of functional medicine uh, clinics. Well, you just mentioned neuroplasticity. So you talked about your ACE score. And I, again, I'm going to ask an elementary question because I'm not super familiar with it. I need to get more familiar. Well, first off, just on that, because we keep talking about it. Can you just go get an ACE score? Can somebody go online and take an ACE oh, score? Yeah. Okay. Anybody? I think it's aces.com. Is it? Yeah, okay, you so. can just, yeah, you can find it. Okay. That ACE score. So for you, Tana, you talked about, you took it. It is not going to change, correct? Your ACE <laughs> no. score is your ACE score. Well, you can do what I did and cut it in half just because <laughs> well, you want to have a better if score. If you're honest, it's not going to change. So it <laughs> no. is what it is. It's saying this is, this is your makeup. So when you have a telomere test like this and they're saying, okay, here's your, we're talking about your chromosome health and one of the primary uh, causations of bad telomere health is an ACE score. Well, right. you can't change your ACE score, but we are over here saying you can change your telomere health, but can you, yeah. but maybe not in relation to your ACE score. Is that, no, does that make sense? No. You, can, you can slow down or you can, you know, you can stop the progression like from being as you can stop. I don't know if you can stop it, but you can slow the progression of the damage, I suppose. You can, uh, yeah, it's kind of like some evidence you might even be able to reverse some of it, I guess. I um, would, I, I would believe I'll use well, the word this is like that you can, but it's like Alzheimer's and we're saying, you know, not only can you stop it, but Bredesen's saying, you know, you can reverse it. Parkinson's, which we just yeah, no, did a show on. Yeah, no, reverse it. I mean, okay. it, it, not everybody okay, all the time, but yes, it can. Right. Maybe a better example here is <clears throat> talked to a guy yesterday and he had a 25 pack year. So 25 years of a pack a day of smoking and then he quit. He has that in his history from now on and forevermore, 25 pack years. Right. But the longer he lives in such a way as to give his body what it needs right. to heal from that, right. he will be healing more and more. Same is true of any toxin or, or even emotional toxin that damaged you. It did its damage and you can still live life in such a way as to give your body what it needs to be as resilient and as well as possible, but you cannot eliminate that from your history. So we don't talk that way. It's how do you think about it? Mm -hmm. how, what is your relationship now with yourself Yeah. then and now and in the future? And again, in, in American medicine, those la that language is, it just doesn't translate into an ICD-10 code or a, a, a pill for an ill or, or those kinds of things. Right. And we do, um, we did the big uh, NFL study, one of the first big NFL studies on, on the live patients. Dr. Amalo did it on dead patients. He's a friend of ours. Right. Uh, we did it on live patients. We've scanned over 300 NFL players and it was not pretty. It was not good. Yeah. And so the damage was extensive. It was terrible. And these guys had not only, you know, they had a lot of brain damage, but as a result, they also, a lot of them had a lot of trauma growing up. These are guys that have had a yeah. lot of trauma growing up. They had, um, significant brain damage. They had a lot of addiction. They had also bad lifestyle, um, lots of problems, um, incarcerated, a lot of them, you know, lots of issues. But when we did the study, my husband, 
he went, you know, I don't want to do the study and look at the brain damage. I want to see if there's something I can do about it. Right. So we put them, we actually did a study. The follow-up study was to see, and we actually did minimal because we were actually funding it. <laughs> so we did the minimal that we could to see what we could do that we could afford to put them on. It was a brain healing program. And so what we did is we did supplements, lifestyle. So we changed their diet um, and exercise. And it was really fairly simple. So it was a, it was a basically a, like a neurotropic um type of supplement that we created fish oil vitamin d and a multivitamin and then the nutrition and the exercise and so i actually led some of those programs at the clinic and and it was great we did the and the follow-up study what was amazing 80 percent of them had significant improvement there's we've got the scans and so i would venture to bet now we didn't follow up with telomere health which we should have that would have been really fascinating but if their brain is getting better which we never thought we never used to think that was possible if your brain is improving, it's pretty fascinating. I would really venture to bet that somehow your telomere health is probably doing much better than it was. Mm -hmm. And Anthony Davis, um, who's one of our patients that we did this with, he's amazing. Um, you know, Notre Dame killer is what they used to call him. And he was, we actually scanned him and he, his brain was terrible when we first scanned him in his fifties. 10 years later, his scan looked better than his original scan. Hmm. Significantly better. So it had, he, we put him in a healing environment. It's so encouraging to know that the brain can heal. It wants yeah. to heal. It's, it is built to try to be healing. It's a little bit discouraging to know that uh, all of us growing up in America, I too grew up on Cheerios and Fruit Loops. Yeah. And, and we just do everything that we can to stop the healing. And we call it normal. Yeah. And um, uh, did you guys publish? Your your it study published. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it was written up in Discover Magazine. Yeah, great. Uh, one of the, yeah, it was in the top one hundred. Yeah, um, it was in the top one hundred. It was written up right after Tesla, <laughs> the Tesla battery. Yeah. It was very cool. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May seventeenth. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. encouraging yeah. you i mean you guys talking about the brain 
can heal. So I'm going to again come back to the next patient who walks in. And so patient A comes in and has a predisposition towards the diabetes that they're dealing with right now, possibly. And you're going to deal with that in, in the you know, functional medicine framework that you deal with that. And I'm going to think more of a physiological standpoint. And we know it's all psychological, but more physiological. And somebody comes in with an autoimmune issue and, and whatever. When you have that patient that comes in again with this trauma with a high A score or just or trauma, even if it's afterwards, but they've got trauma. It's a big part of, of their life and acute, a soldier is so, you know, who may have a great A score, but then they went to war, come back and it's PTSD. I mean, we are talking about then as far as like, kind of back to my question on tools, there's a lot more psychological focus. And I saw you drinking your mug with the uh, quiet, the dragon uh, yes. symbol on that. Is that where that focus with you and, and, and your husband is coming from? Absolutely. Uh, okay. Talk, talk about that a little bit. And you also, before we got online here and, and we're talking about the increase that you were citing in child abuse, was that it? Yes, child abuse right now. Um, there's uh, new evidence that child abuse is going through the roof. So calls to child abuse hotlines is way down because their re mandated reporters can't see them. So they're not in school. Nurses aren't seeing them. Teachers oh, aren't seeing wow, kids. Yeah. And not only that, um, opiate and alcohol consumption is way higher and kids are at home. We think that it's, um, I forget the percentage, but it's, we think that it's significantly higher than it's ever been. Um, and it's going unreported. And sexual abuse as well. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a really scary time. So we're talking about something that right now we're going to see manifest in. So Dan, my what? husband keeps saying the new pandemic is mental health. He's like, yeah. you need to be, you know, washing your brain as much as you're washing your hands and, the, and not in brainwashing like the negative <laughs> way. But washing your thoughts and cleaning your thoughts and really taking care of your, your mental health like you are your, your, your hygiene. Yeah. But we're not doing that. And the problem is, is we've, we're just seeing our clinics are busier than they've ever been. We are at an all time record high. I mean, it's, it's crazy. We've had to hire more doctors. We've, I mean, it's been insane. Well, when we look right now, isn't the, aren't they saying that the fastest growing, not the biggest area of chronic illness disease, but the fastest growing is diseases of despair uh, is, yeah. is what I've heard. I mean, so depression, anxiety, it just, it's, and suicides right now are just through the roof. I'm sorry. And so how much, is trauma a piece of that? If you guys are citing that's the next pandemic. It's a lot. And the problem is, is right now with children, we're not seeing the reports. So that's the problem. We're not actually seeing it. And when you see them going down from the norm, it's not because they're going down. It's, it, that's, it's <laughs> that is not usually what's happening. It's that they're not being reported. And when perpetrators know that they're not being por uh, reported, right. that actually goes up. And we're not going to see the statistics on this for maybe no. even a decade. You right. know, it, it, and the consequences of this, like, like Dr. Amen is saying, is, is going to be a 20-year a pandemic yes. of the it's consequences. Terrible. So yeah, if we're, we're, we're about to hit a huge mental health pandemic. At the same time as uh, the aged ones are becoming more demented, more, mm -hmm. you know, yep. at the same time. Well, so, so hit on your, you know, quiet, the dragon, uh, position you guys are, because we are talking about, so obviously we can do all these things from a, you know, bolstering the system, the functional medicine, which includes the mental side of it, but to go over here and talk to these people. So those who are listening right now, they know they have, you know, bad A scores or they've had big trauma in their lives right now. 
talk about the brain training neuroplasticity of how we, I mean, we talked about this again in the first show, you talk about it in your book, how you reframe it, reframe it and what the possibilities are from that. So this is actually based on my husband's new book. Um, your your uh, your brain is always listening, and he actually talks about these dragons from the past that breathe fire on your emo the emotional centers in your brain. So it's actually very cute. It's a, we have a new public television show that's out that we did on both of our books. We've, we've never had books come out at the same time. So my book came out, uh, which is The Relentless Courage of a Scared Child at the same time his did. His is more the science and mine is, oh, this is what happens when you live this kind of yeah. life of trauma. And so his is really about these dragons that really are from your past and what happens when they breathe fire on the emotional centers of your brain. But then how do you tame them? Like, you're not just stuck with this. Like, what do you want to do? How can you tame these dragons from the past? And one of the big ones is the ancestral dragon. It's really that some of these issues that we have are not our own. They're passed on to us. Hmm. They're generational, hmm. right? But things like what are going on right now, the pandemic, that is something we're going to have to deal with. That is something that we have to, to learn how to deal with. That's a trauma that um, we need skill for. So when you hit, yeah, you talk about ancestral dragon. I mean, we're, now we're back to that again, to other people suffering from trauma that wouldn't know it. Cause I say that I, I, I haven't thought about this till right now, Tana, that I would say, okay, I, I do not have trauma, significant trauma. I really don't just, I had a, a very sheltered, privileged, you know, lifestyle. However, those behind me ancestors, there's stuff back there. I've never considered that in regards to my own health. I mean, we've got this, mm. you know, this, this phenomenon or not not fat or whatever people going after the genetic test with 23 and me. And what is it? Ancestry.com. Right. That's going to tell you that you're this much percent Irish or you have a predisposition to uh, diabetes. It can go that far, right? Yeah. But it's not going to hit on trauma. We're not going to pull that out of it. Well, it's, this is interesting. So there was a study done with um, mice and they actually exposed them to the smell of cherry blossoms and then they shocked them. And they kept exposing them to the smell of cherry blossoms and they shocked them. So they became terrified of the smell of cherry blossoms. And then they took their offspring and they did not shock them, but they exposed them to the smell of cherry blossoms and they were terrified. That's nuts. Okay. They like started shaking. So that's what we mean by generational trauma. Sometimes the trauma you feel, you don't know why um, you might feel certain things or be terrified. So for example, my grandmother, she came from greater Syria, now Lebanon during the war. And she went through the great famine and she was lost as a child in the mountains by herself and almost died of hypothermia. And it was a, it was a big thing in my family. She never got over that trauma. And then she also lost her son, my uncle who was murdered. So she went through these significant traumas. And I remember my grandmother having severe PTSD, which back then wasn't talked about. She would cry and wail like all day long. And she also used to hoard. She hoarded things because she was terrified of another war. So she used to keep like little butter dishes and used uh, tin foil. She'd wash it off and she would keep it. She was terrified of another war. She kept a ration card on her dresser and she'd cry all the time. Now, I never went through any of that. Right. I went through other trauma, but I never went through any of that. I have a survival room. I have food and water for a year. And so and my husband would always go, why do you do that? Why are you spending our money on this stupid stuff? Why do we have, you know, why do we have all of this crazy stuff? I've got medications. I've got IV bags. I have, I mean, it's, I'm pretty extreme okay. and I don't know why he's like, why are you saving for the zombie apocalypse? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I just need to do it. And so when I really dug into this, I'm like, maybe it's because of my grandmother. I don't know for sure, but maybe that's why. 
I mean, this is a, so you guys both, I mean, again, to the, to the average patient out here like me. So I feel from what you have shared, I'm all of a sudden motivated to go research a little bit more about that. My background about the last generation, the generation before that, which most of us don't know. And at best, we just know something about their, you know, where they immigrated from or, or whatnot to find that out, to understand, I mean, something like you, Randy, I mean, you, you look and think you had the privileged lifestyle and yet your telomere scores were not so great, <laughs> if I can admit that. And what happened, the, the, you know, the generation before that and the generation before that. So right. it would call it. So, so it's so a guy like me. So the, the prospective patient call me to understand that. But then, of course, the danger there. And we've had people I remember back when we were doing telomeres said, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. And we're saying, no, you should know. You should know that predisposition. But though, if you use that now and you're a hypochondriac, you can take that the wrong way. So we need to be aware, but we don't need to say now, uh, gosh, now I'm, I am so susceptible to everything because I had this happen to great, great aunt Harriet back here. But there's a tension there of knowing you should know again, just like my daughter to know that she has a predisposition towards a diabetic possibility over here because of that is good for her, but we don't want her to be afraid of food. We don't want her to be a victim and have that mentality either. So it's almost a dangerous path that we've got to hold here, isn't it? Um, I don't, I don't think so, but I mean, I have a different perspective. So, I mean, I, I would venture to bet, you know, most functional medicine doctors think that when, when we, look at someone's brain, we would just tell you it's better to know because if you could get get off tracks of an oncoming train, do it or not. A train coming at you, do you not? You have what you have. It just is what it is. You have the opportunity to do something about it and want to or not. It's really more just there's a train. Do you want to get out of the way or you don't want to get out of the way? So, or it's going to be good news. Right. That uh, we had actually early on in the 23andMe days. um, Actually, it was even earlier than that. It was uh, the APOE. And I had done the APOE on somebody as part of a standard panel that and she was very offended. And uh, yeah. And so so there's been a little bit of an evolution of thinking process there. And and then I went through a phase of saying, you know, it doesn't matter what your parents did or said, because, you know, that just loads the gun, but your lifestyle is what matters in terms of nature versus nurture. But you bring up this tension, this interesting thing, like for your daughter, I think it's incredibly important that from an early age, she understand this, but then you bring up me and, and yeah, it's no secret, Tana. So, uh, so my telomeres are like, are less than 1%. So I am Worse than ninety nine percent of everybody out there. Isn't that we, weird? Well, it, it it's is. Weird. That, I, it's, that's what frustrated us because here we are. We're almost the same age, very similar upbringings. Yeah, an ACE score of you know zero, lifestyles and, and everything, and even to the way that we live today. And we got ours, and I'm like eighty something. Yeah, percent. you were at eighty eight, and I was at minus one. <laughs> and it was so really trying to figure that out. Yeah. So it, for me, I think that. I'm not that interested in my ancestry or like outside of the fact that, okay, it could explain something like that, but I know it doesn't tell you what to do. To it. Ju- it doesn't tell me what to do with yeah, it. If I'm already doing the do. things that I yeah. think I could do. Yeah. Um, so there it's what Kevin, what you said is it's tension. I don't want people out there to hear, Oh, 
So, so what you're saying is if I get my telomeres test and get my ACEs score, I'm going to know if I'm going to be healthy or not. Right. I'm going to know the right thing to do or say or think. And it's like, no, not any more so than, than we can tell you exactly what to eat and, and you're going to be perfectly healthy for that. But I think what we are saying is awareness, like we always say. Right of your trauma and of yeah. your perception of trauma and the fact that that can have an if you're suffering with well like 10 you know 10 surgeries that are unrelated and weird and whatever or somebody with multiple of the top 10 chronic issues in our country and you don't address what happened in those early years oftentimes or first responder or trauma or war or things like that then that is an upstream thing that you can really have a that you can take action on and have a big impact in your brain health and your body health. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important you don't leave people if you're going to give them the bad news, you can't or whatever news, you can't leave them without a plan. Right. One. There's a way to get uh, off the track. There's got to be right, there's got to be a way to get off the track yeah. and do the best they can. But my husband has this interesting saying. He said he when he first became a psychiatrist, he thought his job was to really alleviate everyone's anxiety. And over time, he began to realize that wasn't his job. His job for some people was actually actually to increase their anxiety a little bit because some people need a little anxiety to get motivated to, to do the to right move. thing. And so it was really interesting. That, no, that's interesting because I was sitting here thinking, I mean, if we took the functional medicine tenants, you know, or just good lifestyle, we're going to put it all over here and go, okay, here's as close as we can get to this perfect life that we're all going to strive to do, you know, with each of us, with our vices and whatnot, that if anything, this is extra ammunition for accountability to just. Right. It's accountability. Okay. And you have to have a little anxiety to have accountability. I'll yeah. never forget my daughter when she was in fourth grade and she got a really good grade on her, on her, um, one of her first big, you know, projects she had. And I kept telling her, you can relax. You're so uptight about this thing. You're working way, way too hard. You've got a month to get this done. And she was so anxious, she got it all done right away, like in the first week. And then she got an A on it, and I'm like, see, I told you, you could have relaxed a little. She was, do you know why I got a good grade? Because I'm anxious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, however you want to use that ammunition, sure. Well, Tana, just, uh, you know, even to, to, to wrap up with this, when I look at your, um, you've got a very active, you know, social media. You guys have a lot of followers. You you and your husband, Daniel, have, uh, Dr. Amen, have a lot of followers. And on social media and Instagram, I think I'm, I'm connected with you there, and I see you. And you do a lot of postings about trauma. Where do you find your primary, I was going to say advocacy or voice, or what do you, what are you speaking to when on the topic of trauma, what's the most consistent thing that we're going to see from you advocating? Um, I think that your, your history doesn't have to be your destiny okay. that you, ha that you really, um, I think finding your voice, drawing boundaries, your history doesn't have to be your destiny, I think is the main thing okay. that regardless of where you came from, it doesn't matter so much where you came from as to where you're going, Okay, I think is more important. Okay. That's well it. said. Well said. Tana, thank you. Thanks for coming and sharing uh, more on this. It's exciting and uh, eager to, and, and what's the best resource if we're going to point people towards more from you guys on this topic, where do we want to go? So you can either go to TanaAmon.com, AmonClinics.com if you're suffering and you know someone you want to find some resources for mental health. Um, you can follow me at Tana Amon. Okay. All right. Tana, thanks again for giving us your time and your insight. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Well, friends, thank you for joining us on this journey to elevate our own experience and improve the way we show up for others. Again, you can connect with Tana Amen at Tana 
amen.com, T-A-N-A-A-M-E-N.com. You can also find her on Instagram where she's got a really big following. If you appreciate this podcast, want to share it with others, give us please a rating on Spotify and a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe on YouTube and watch the full episodes and find us on social media. Lots of clips there of each show at Kevin Miller CEO. Find us everywhere then. And if you want to learn how to master your own inner drive, get my book, What Drives You on Amazon in any format you want. Until next time, stay driven. <laughs>